0: Hi, Tracy. Morning, Megan. Hi, I was just waiting to see if anyone would show, so I'm glad you did. <laughs> OK. Um, I will go ahead and get started, because I know you wrote in some really good questions here. There we go. All right, so question one, uh, thoughts on The potential for skin damage and aging from regular prolonged exposure to multiple large computer screens. What are your thoughts on wearing a non-nano zinc oxide sunscreen when sitting in front of computer screens all day?" This is a really interesting question. Uh, Ultimately, there's no part of our body that is adapted to sitting in front of a screen all day. And skin is probably not an exception to that. Although we don't know a lot about the potentially damaging effects. That said, given the evidence that we currently do have, I'm not particularly convinced about the photo damaging claims. And I think that there are a lot of more impactful ways to reduce skin damage and support skin health than wearing you know, a sunscreen while doing computer work. Um, you know, things like not burning, things like, uh, you know, good nutrition and eating a lot of dietary antioxidants, gut health, thinking about what, uh, you know, we're putting onto our skin topically. All of these things are probably going to play a larger role in photo aging compared to screen time. I may be wrong about that, Um, but that's kind of my take on the literature at the moment. To go a little bit deeper, there is some in vitro evidence here, I believe, yes, this is it. Um, So this study looked at fibroblasts, which are are connective tissue cells. And these fibroblasts were exposed to electronic device generating light for about an hour at one centimeter away, which is quite close, um, much closer than you would probably ever be getting to a screen. And they found an increase in reactive oxygen species, apoptosis, and necrosis of these fibroblast cells. Um, but then if you look at the human literature, um, actually, I had these. I think I had these mixed up. So this was the, um, the, the fibroblast study here. Electronic device generated light increases reactive oxygen species in human fibroblasts. And then this right here. Um, was the uh, the study actually looking at humans now it's a small small uh, sample size so only eight volunteers but still um you know I would probably be hedging my bets on what's happening to an actual human versus what's happening in vitro. Um, and the human evidence does suggest that blue light in this in this study at least did not cause uh, DNA damage or early photoaging. Now the skin is definitely a major target of oxidative stress. Uh, which can come from blue light. Um, and admittedly, we don't have a lot of science looking at the effects of blue lights from screens in particular on skin damage or aging. But like I said, I don't think the totality of the evidence that we currently have ha- uh, have warrants concern about skin damage from blue light uh, com- that that comes from screens. You know, that said, if, um, you know, a... a safe sunscreen is something that you you just want to head your bets in, you know, the the that direction. I don't think, you know, that that's a a low risk intervention. The reward is is um part of it is what I'm I'm not particularly convinced about yet at least. Question 2. I'm thinking about getting blue light blocking prescription glasses. I believe they are rated to block about 50% of blue light. My main intention uh, with these is to have improved sleep quality by blocking light in the evenings if I'm watching television or using my phone. I have also read mixed opinions on these lenses, helping with eye strain during computer use. What are your thoughts on using blue light blocking lenses for both of these purposes? I personally, from like a, sleep in circadian rhythm standpoint prefer to dim lights or change out the bulbs in the house and have specific orange colored lamps um, or orange colored bulbs that go into lamps for when the sun goes down but if this isn't doable i think that you know some blue light blocking amber glasses which are probably not what you're talking about here can be useful if worn in the hour or two before sleep to minimize blue light exposure. Um, I do take a pair with me when I'm traveling and don't have as much control over the lights in the house. If we're talking about the clear lenses that you would probably be putting um, into or in this case with a prescription to block blue light, my guess is that they aren't going to be doing that much for sleep at night compared to those amber glasses or compared to dimming the lights or changing out light bulbs. It's also important to remember that while blue light is absolutely something to avoid at night, it's not the only thing that's problematic from a, you know, a light or stimulation exposure standpoint. So the intensity of the light, not just the wavelength and the color is a factor as well as the stimulation that your brain is getting from you know your TV or your computer screen. When it comes to using these glasses to help with eye strain on the computer, some people do really like them and find them useful. I have a pair somewhere on my desk and um, I personally have found that if I wear mine, I have some trouble concentrating and focusing my eyes. Maybe it's the type of lens that are in mine, um, but I get kind of this glare that isn't worth it for me. Instead, I use a computer program called Iris that allows you to change and manipulate the amount of blue light emitted from the computer screen and also the brightness. Um, They have settings that you can use for sleep as well that basically makes your screen completely red. Um, Not great for all all purposes, but it it helps if you need to look at a computer screen at night. Um, But maybe the thing to do here is to try something like Iris or another um, program on your computer Uh, you know, to see if that helps with eye strain and fatigue during the day and at the end of the day. And then if that's not sufficient, you can consider, you know, the clear blue light blocking glasses um, and, and see how you feel. I think it's also worth noting here that while excessive blue light coming from the computer and other screens isn't great for the health of our eyes, sufficient blue light Ideally, natural blue light uh, during the course of the day is absolutely vital for our health and well-being and circadian rhythm entrainment. So, one of my potential concerns here, depending on you know how you were using these glasses, is if you have these prescription blue light blocking glasses and you are wearing them all day, you would probably be minimizing the amount of you know good blue light that you're exposed to as well. Um, so, blue light gets a bad rap a lot of the time, um, probably unnecessarily. I think it's all about the context. OK, last question here. This is just a follow-up from last week about biomatrix versus compounded bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Specifically, the question was about progesterone. So biomatrix and compounded bioidentical progesterone are similar, as, as far as I can tell. This is not my area of expertise. But um, biomatrix progesterone is extracted from wild yam. And it has four milligrams of progesterone per drop. It's uh, micronized, meaning it has a, the progesterone particle sizes are smaller. And the idea is supposedly that it's more bioavailable. And in theory, this makes sense, but I've seen no data for this on progesterone in particular. Uh, the compounded bioidentical progesterone is usually uh, you know, extracted from wild yam or soybean. And the dose delivery system and also the ingredients are customizable through compounding pharmacies, which can be nice. I think the main difference is probably in the dosing and thus the effectiveness in certain cases, not all. Um, but Biomatrix is probably fine if, if you benefit from a very low dose, while you may um, you know, benefit from a compounded bioidentical progesterone if you need a higher dose or if um, you you want or need a different delivery system, like a cream. All right, so that's it from me. Um, Tracy, any any comments from you or questions? Please, please feel free.
1: Um, Yeah, I guess with the lenses, why the difference in the amber versus the clear as far as wearing them in the evening? you know, would the light that the the clear ones block in the evening be would that not be beneficial to to sleep or to having blue light being blocked in the evening hours? So
0: I'm I'm not particularly convinced that the you know the amount of blue light that these clear lenses block is going to be like maybe maybe you would get some benefit from it. Um but as far as the blue light that's still reaching your eyeballs from a screen, a computer, uh, you know, a TV, that kind of thing. I don't think. I think it's going to be a drop in the bucket. Oh, okay, so it's just that
1: it's not not enough. It's not harmful.
0: Yeah, correct. It's just
1: it's a drop in the bucket to to do any good.
0: Yeah, okay. and and who knows? There are, there may be a benefit, but um, I've played around a little bit with it, and I, you know, there's mm-hmm. definitely there um, you know, it's not a controlled experiment at all. But I I haven't found any any benefit personally. And I, um, based off of the amount of light that, you know, is still getting into your eyeballs and that they're, um, that they're claiming to to block if it's around 50%. Um, I,
1: I doubt that it's going
0: to be, you know,
1: so even 50% is, is a drop in the bucket. That's,
0: I mean, if it, if it's coming from a bright, bright computer screen, a bright, um, mm-hmm. you know, TV screen maybe, but I just, I don't think so. Okay.
1: Yeah. And it's that, not, that's so not a reason much. not
0: to, not to, to wear it. Right. Um, because may, maybe the benefit from like an eye health perspective is good, but I just, from a sleep and circadian rhythm perspective, I don't think it's enough.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. eye health, like eye strain during the day is not something I notice. And that's something I saw mixed reviews on whether these would help or not. I thought that could be an added benefit, but it wasn't why I started looking into it it's mostly evening like netflix watching i guess like I, i'm not on my phone much at night try not to be on the computer much um but if i'm watching watching television before bed at a distance we don't have a really large screen i you know i feel like that's a little better than having my phone in my face but but still and that's when i have my glasses on too i usually have contacts in throughout the day um but cuz i looked into yeah amber colored glasses or just glasses you can get to, to put on that are non-prescription. Um, and, but they don't go over top of my regular glasses and I'm always wearing my glasses in the evening. Yeah. So I found out what was available at my doctor's office and it all with insurance, it all seems reasonable. That's why I thought about going down the prescription lens route for it.
0: Again, I, I, I think it could be beneficial, um, you know, for, for other things, but And maybe you would find some kind of circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. benefit, but I'm, I'm skeptical.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fair. And I did think of too blocking. Not,
0: not, not a reason (laughs) not to do
1: it, but. I appreciate skeptical rather than everything is, oh yeah, this is great. Go for that. (laughs) Spend money on this. Try that. Um, I did think of wearing them during the day though, too, and not wanting to block all the blue light that I'm encountering, so I would likely put contacts in earlier in the day than I normally would to not have them on in the mornings, and then switch them out, you know, earlier in the evenings potentially.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I think is very reasonable. Um, but definitely not wearing them all day. Again, like if they're glasses, you're still going to be getting indirect rays coming, you know, from other uh
1: other mm-hmm. angles
0: versus just straightforward. Um, but that would also be something to, to consider.
1: Yeah. Okay. And I'm not surprised by your, your take on the, the, is it worth wearing a sunscreen or what kind of harmful effects might you be getting from, from the screens? But again, something I've read various opinions on and knowing that, you know, I'm looking at usually three screens for much of the day, every day, if there is a cumulative effect of that stuff, like in the last couple of years, that's what I've been living. And you know, if if I did go the sunscreen route, it would be minimal. Minimal, you you know, get a nice one, not use much of it daily, non nano, zinc based kind of thing. Like like you said, is there what? Maybe the reward isn't worth it. It's it's likely not a, a harmful route to go down by trying it. But yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, I had actually think about it. To be honest, not even ever thought of that myself. The, the potentially damaging effects of of mm-hmm. screens. So I was interested to see that there there was a little bit of literature out there. It's split, um, and the majority of it does suggest, you know, like I said, in humans that it's it's not problematic. Um, you know, that said, they're also not looking at humans looking at screen like three big computer screens eight hours a day for, you know five years in duration. So yeah, sure. There could maybe be some kind of cumulative effects, but I'm not, not, not sure we're there yet.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. Anything else? You?
1: I don't think so. I'm checking my list that I had written some stuff down on a while ago. I think we've talked about most of the things. Okay. Yep, no, I appreciate it.
0: All right. Well, thanks for joining.
1: Yeah. Bye, Megan.
0: Bye.